Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. Let me ask you a question. Is it possible for a book written nearly 2,000 years ago to still have intrinsic value to the daily lives of its readers? Well, my next guest answers that question with a resounding yes in her latest book, Timeless, The Living and Enduring Word of God. The 16th book by beloved author, podcast host, and speaker, Carol McLeod. She shares how the Bible in general and the book of First Peter specifically has never ceased to create a vital, timely impact on each generation of readers. Well, Carol McLeod is a sought-after speaker, as I mentioned, best-selling author of 16 books and the host of two successful podcasts, Jolt of Joy and Significant Woman. Her weekly blog, Jolt uh, Joy for the Journey, rather, has been named to the top 50 faith blogs for women. Her weekly TV show, The Joy of Life, or The Joy Life, is viewed by thousands weekly, and her U-Vision um, devotional has been enjoyed by nearly 4 million people around the world. Known for her great joy and enthusiasm, she encourages and empowers women with passionate and practical Bible-focused messages. And today we talk about her latest, Timeless, The Living and Enduring Word of God. Thank you so much for joining us today. George, thank you so much. I've really been looking forward to this. I know that you are a woman who loves the Word of God, and we live in a time when lots of questions are being raised about whether or not it is relevant today in the 21st century. And one of the points that you make so well in this devotional is that, yes, the Word of God is relevant. In fact, you begin uh, the book in the introduction by kind of examining that that point, that there are a lot of uh, there's lots of ancient literature that's no longer relevant, but the Word of God stands apart. Can you uh, share uh, that perspective with us as we begin our conversation? Yeah, I'd love to, Georgine. So I was an English major in college, and so I've read it all. I've read all the classics. And one of my English professors said, Beowulf is the greatest classic poem written in the history of mankind. Well, sister, you can't even understand one <laughs> word of it today. And then Shakespearean sonnets, you know, I love them, but they give me a headache. You, you can't understand the verbiage or the language. The Word of God, not so. The Word of God, Peter actually calls it timeless and enduring. And, and that is what it is. The Word of God written by the Holy Spirit, has juice for every generation, including those of us who live in the 21st century. Mm. Uh, It's hard to uh, associate the Peter that we read in 1 Peter, and you highlight the book of 1 Peter, with the Peter Mm -hmm. we read about in the Gospels. It gives hope for the rest of us. But it is such an incredible book, as are all the books of the Bible. You uh, make the point that uh, Peter is one of your favorites. Can you talk a little bit about why you're focusing on him and the word um, timeless being applied to this book as you carry women through a study of the book of 1 Peter? Oh, I'd love to, Georgine. Thank you for asking that question. So, Peter has always been my favorite disciple. And whenever I say that, I feel like I need to say, sorry, John, but (laughs) I love Peter. And you know what? Honestly, it's because I'm so much like him. Peter was impetuous and opinionated. He slept when he should have been praying. Like, guilty, I've done that. Uh, Peter thought he had a better idea than Jesus, and he corrected him. Guilty, I have done that. Peter was the disciple who denied the Lord three times. 
And how many times have I done that Mm -hmm. by my life choices? But never forget, Georgine, that Peter was also the disciple who sat on a stormy sea. Jesus, I want to do what you're doing. And that's the kind of Christian I want to be. I want to do what the Lord would do, especially in a storm. And so it's a point well taken. You said this is a different Peter that we study in the book of First Peter. He changed. He matured. And Georgine, as I study scripture, this is what I know about Peter. He changed for two reasons. First of all, he experienced the risen Christ. He, he saw Jesus resurrected, and that will change anybody. When we say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So Peter did that. And then the second thing was, he was with the disciples in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. He received the power of the Holy Spirit. And don't we all need that today to live defiantly against our culture? So if there was hope for Peter, there, Georgine, there's hope for me and you. Absolutely. Um, he went from winning arguments to winning souls. Um, he no longer was a denier, but a proclaimer. And broken people, sinners, are the only kind of person that God uses. He used Peter, and he'll use us. You make the strong uh, point that when we're reading the book of First Peter, um, we hear the unmistakable voice of the Holy Spirit, that he yeah. speaks to us through his word. It's timeless. It's relevant. And uh, the book of Peter itself, First Peter, um, has so many similarities to life in 21st century Uh, America and around the world. Yeah, you know, one of the things I love that the Holy Spirit tells us, Georgine, in the book of First Peter, is he tells us how to get through hard times in life. Okay, so if that's not timeless, I don't know what is, because I can guarantee you that every one of your listeners is going through something hard right now. And so the Holy Spirit, through the pen of Peter, instructs us, coaches us. This is how you do hard. And so one of the things that Peter tells us is found in First Peter 1, 6. He says, in this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. Okay, stop, pause, hold the presses. This tells us exactly what to do, and it ain't rocket science. Peter says, when you're going through a hard time, you up your worship, you up your praise level. So, Georgine, let me just tell you about this, greatly rejoice, this phrase. It's the Greek word, agaliao, and it's a uniquely Christian word. Did you know that this word, agaliao, was never used in secular Greek literature of the day, only in the Bible? And so Peter says, sisters and brothers in Christ— When you don't like your life, when you're being traumatized by circumstances, when you're being marginalized by the culture, don't whine, don't complain, don't panic, rejoice. Get your praise on. And Georgine, you know as well as I do that every believer has to make that determinant. Mm -hmm. Will I weep or will I worship? But just to be real honest with you, I have often wept while worshiping. Mm -hmm. I'm singing while tears are rolling down my face. But we shouldn't let circumstances stop our song. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
you well, we're talking about Timeless, which is a, a Bible study. It's designed to be yeah. practical. And I appreciated as you were talking about that particular scripture, we need to stop and pause and reflect. What is the scripture telling us to do? And that's so timely um, in that we find ourselves in very difficult circumstances. Describe for listeners who don't have a copy of your book in their hand how this devotional is designed to, to work. Because there's, there are elements of it that are in place for every day, for every uh, focus of scripture as they work they were their way through. Yeah, that's right. So it's broken up into eight weeks, Georgine. And during each week, there are five days for you to read. And hidden in each chapter, uh, nestled in each chapter, are reflective questions for the reader to answer, because we have to apply scripture to our personal lives. So those questions are designed to do that. Every week, there's a scripture to memorize, because I always say that memorizing scripture is not just for fifth graders, mm. but it's for anyone who loves Jesus. There are prayers to pray. There are little assignments to do. Um, but the book Timeless um, for your listeners, if you're part of a book club or a Bible study or Sunday school class, you can also order the leader's guide and the eight video teachings that go along with it. So you can do it on, on its own just as a book, or you can order the ancillary product to even enrich your study to a greater degree. Oh, excellent. And what are some of the similarities between the first century church and the 21st century church that we will find in common as we read through First Peter and Timeless, the, the devotional? Yeah, so um, Georgine, Peter was writing to the first century church. They were his audience. They, they were the ones who received this letter the first time. And let's think about it for a minute. That first century church, they were bullied, battered. They were suffering. They had been marginalized by the culture. Maybe you've heard of a man by the name of Nero. Well, he was in power then. He was a madman. And historians call him probably the cruelest man ever to live. Nero was burning Christians at the stake for entertainment. He, he was feeding believers to starving lions just for sport. And you know what? Although we're not being fed to the lions, we're being fed to the media and to the politics of the day. Are, are we not? Mm. Our culture doesn't like us very much either. And so that's the similarities. And so the book of First Peter was not just written to the early church. It was also written to us by the timeless power of the Holy Spirit. And, and just like believers in the first century had to keep their eyes set on Jesus, not on politicians, Georgine, so do we. So do we. Amen. You make the point that um, that uh, we don't read the word for information, but for yeah. transformation. How do we go about uh, studying the word of God? And in this case, first Peter, not just so that we're better informed, but in order that we experience the transformation that is the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. Yeah, Georgine, the answer to that one is I always say, listen, just open your Bible and let your eyes look at it. Let your eyes read it and take it in. You know, Georgine, the Bible is different than, say, People magazine or the newest Karen Kingsbury novel. The Bible is living and active, and that's because the Holy Spirit wrote it. So when, when people say to me, Carol, I don't understand the Word of God like you do. 
I always say, that's okay, read it anyway, because the Word of God goes inside of us and does an inside work. So, Georgine, when you take vitamins in the morning, like you don't automatically feel better that day or the next day. But if you keep taking vitamins, sister, in three or four weeks, there's going to be a spring in your step. You're going to feel better. It's the same way with the Word of God. If you consistently read the Bible, all of a sudden, you're going to be kinder to your husband and you're going to think, what happened to me? Well, the Word of God happened to you. All of a sudden, you're not going to panic about finances. You're going to think, what happened to me? Well, the Bible happened to you. The Bible does an inner miraculous work in the lives of its readers. Amen. You know, it may seem incongruous. We were talking earlier about the fact that the church was under severe persecution and oppression at the time that Peter wrote mm-hmm. this this first letter to them. And yet joy and rejoicing are sem- uh, central yeah. themes in First Peter. Uh, the, what you've just described, I think, may answer the question in part. But how are those two things possible as we face challenges in this generation that are unique? Um, how do we uh, respond with joy and rejoicing? And where do we find that in First Peter to help us along the way? Yeah, you know, Georgine, I think that that we, the older generation now of the church, we, we've done a really good job of teaching a younger generation how to live in your purpose, how, how to find your destiny, how to make a declaration. But we've not taught them how to suffer well. And Peter does that. And it is through the theme of joy and rejoicing that Peter teaches not only the first century church, but the 21st century church how to suffer well as well. Um, so it, joy and rejoicing, it needs to be our default. It needs to be our knee-jerk reaction when we go through a trial. Again, I, I probably sound like a broken record, Georgine, and I, and I guess that's okay, because we're going to be tempted to gossip, to murmur, to whine or complain. But no, when we go through the hard stuff in life, we need to sing a song of praise. You know, Georgine, I minister to women all across America, um, on other continents as well. But so many women will say to me, Carol, I just feel, I just feel, I just feel. And Georgine, honestly, I want to tell them sometimes, listen, I don't really care what you feel. Tell me what you believe. Because as believers in Christ, we build a life upon our belief system, not upon our feelings. And the book of 1 Peter helps us with that. It helps us define who we are and what we believe. And those two things, who we are in Christ, what we believe as Christians, are the pillars of our walk. And if we don't have those two things settled before we go through a hard time, we're never going to make it. So, you know, in in the last pages of my book, I, I have a list called How to Suffer Well. And honestly, the entire book is worth that very list. Yeah. In fact, I was going to ask you about that um, next. Can you give us just one example? Because I think people will find great encouragement in knowing, first of all, that suffering will come. Jesus made that very clear. So we shouldn't be surprised. And I think sometimes we're a little too shocked by what we should expect. 
Um, but give us an example of uh, one, one of the ways that we can suffer well, because it's coming. It, well, it is coming. Well, let's see. I, I think the one I, I'd like to comment on is this. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You know, when we're going through a hard time. So, Georgine, about nine years ago, I was diagnosed with very aggressive cancer. And I had to be very careful what I allowed myself to think about. Because I could have thought about cancer, cancer, cancer 24-7. It could have framed every single thought of my life. But I refused to allow the cancer that invaded my body to invade my mind as well. And so I um, intentionally thought about the Word of God. I reminded myself of the miracles I had seen in my life and in other people's lives. I reminded myself of other people who needed my prayers when I was going through the furnace. So one of the things when we suffer is, Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Mm. Now, what currently brings you joy? Oh, I love that. So, you know, Georgine, like so many Christian women, I have been guilty of looking for joy in all the wrong places. I've thought that, you know, wearing a size four dress was going to bring me joy or Godiva chocolates or a trip to Hawaii. No, those things make me happy. But there's only one thing, Georgine, that brings me joy, and that's spending time with Jesus. It's hanging out in his presence. So I go for a walk in the early morning, and I listen to the Word of God, and I listen to praise and worship music. That brings me joy. I have a prayer list in in my calendar, and I spend time every day praying for others. That brings me joy. Those are the things that tie my life to eternity. And those are the things that bring me joy. Well, some of us have to learn that the hard way. We've tried the other things. They fall short. And I so appreciate your bringing us back, as you do in your writing, to what really matters. Now, you mentioned earlier, in addition to the book Timeless, The Living and Enduring Word of God, there are other resources to help women, either as individuals or in a group, to study um, this, this devotional. How can they connect with you and avail themselves of the resources that you provide? Oh, I would love it. Yeah, so my website is Um, If your smartphone is your thing, there's an app for your smartphone. Just Carol McLeod Ministries, look it up. Um, but you can buy all of my books on Amazon, Georgine. Uh, but the video teaching series and the leader's guide, you'll need to go to either my website, carolmccloudministries.com, or to my publisher's website, which, as you've already mentioned, is ironstreammedia.com. Well, and I would encourage uh, listeners to do that. There's nothing like having Bible study together with other women, and, and to take the opportunity to do that on occasion is always a blessing. Well, Carol, uh, I just want to congratulate you once again for a, a wonderful uh, study. I'm looking forward to um, going through it myself. I didn't have the opportunity to do that before our conversation, but I've I've set it aside it, and it's on my calendar to add that to my devotional. Oh, so thank you so much for the, the work that you've put into it and for taking the time to, to bless us here today. Oh, thank you, Georgine. I've loved it. And thank you for all of the work you do for the kingdom of God. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. 
It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today.